It says the show starts in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like for the algorithm. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be a good time. <laughs> um, I am definitely, uh, well, I'm a quirky nature lover, that's for sure. Um, I'm also a history teacher and an author and a writer and just, I am just a Jesus lover. I just, I love the Lord and I love doing life with God. I just, as ever since I was a little kid, I've just always kind of loved writing and it was just how I could really express myself and where I felt like a safe place. Um, I'm very quiet in real life, but there's a lot going on in my head. So when I could journal or I could write things out or I could write little stories, it was like I could take everything that was in here and like get it out and it was like a safe place to do so. So um, just continued to love to do that through childhood and teen years and everything. And then when I was in college, um, and I was trying to figure out what to major in, I, I wrote songs a lot, but I also just found myself always writing and it just kind of made sense to kind of evolve into that. And, um, yeah, over the years, blogs became books and stuff like that. Yeah, when, um, so I grew up in a Christian home, like my parents both love the Lord. And, you know, like I was definitely in the era of veggie tales, and all of that and stuff as a kid. But it was really in my teen years that I really like, actually began to like, get to know God, not just because it was like my parents faith, because um, God doesn't have grandkids, you know, so it was one of those big things where it was like, okay, well, like, if I'm gonna like serve this God, I actually want to like get to know him. I don't want to just kind of have this like, um, you know, I don't want to pray to the ceiling kind of thing. And so uh, I think I was like around 13. I just decided I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to like actually read the Bible. Like I want to see like what it actually says. Um, and I started to like just curiously approach things. Um, and it was like over those years that I actually really began to form like a relationship with God and then my dependence on God and everything, you know, over that time period, Jesus truly became and is like my best relationship, but like my best friend, like just doing life with God all the time. And like, I do talk about him in the way that like, he is my best friend because he is and like, just like the conversations I have with God are like, just taking all of my life over to him. So yeah, I think that's like kind of the, the short of my testimony. Um, 
in my early 20s, I, I was still like believing, but I wasn't necessarily obeying things that God wanted me to do. And I was kind of like taking things in my own hand and I was trying so hard to just take the pen and write my own story. And I ended up just kind of in this spiritual ditch from it. Um, and I was so deeply, deeply depressed. And I was considering just ending it all. And I stopped and I was like, Callie, you have just driven yourself into this place because you keep trying to take the pen away from God. And what if you just like actually handed him back the pen and did the things he's telling you to do instead of everything that you think is a good idea? Mm -hmm. um, it, it has not been an easy journey, but I can definitely say like my, my faith and my joy has grown deeper over these years. And I'm, I'm really grateful I didn't end it, and I'm really grateful that I surrendered over that pen. So, yeah, I'd say that's, like, yeah. you know, the testimony. Yeah, I'm grateful you didn't either because we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And it, and it makes, makes me think, think of, of you, know, you know, depression and anxiety is, like, a really big thing right now. Um, you lost – I can't hear your audio. Oh, no. There you are. Hey. <laughs> hear us okay go ahead all right they can hear you now okay 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 sorry continue no you're good you're good um yeah i would say like you know it it will pass like the season that you're in like the darkness can't last forever you know like the dawn does come and even though a lot of those things sound cliche I think they get said so much that they become cliche, but it's because they're actually true. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a, a season is just that. It's a season. It's not going to last forever. And there are things that you can do to change your life, but they're also just life will change in itself. Um, and the tide will turn. And that, like, just if you keep going on, I mean, you've made it this far, so why not keep going, you know? So I think, like, have hope because things do change and things can get better and there is hope. So Yeah. That's really good. And I also like to think about it like it's just a hump in a sense. Like there's hills and valleys and there's always like even if you're at you're in a valley, there's always something to look forward to. There's always something to keep striving yeah, towards. So yeah. yeah. That's good. I okay. love that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Can you tell us about your new book? 
Yeah, I'm so excited about this book. And you actually were like, you and Patrice and then one of my friends were the only people who have actually read the whole thing, which is kind of oh, cool. Really? Yeah. 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 So the, um, so it's called Dear Future Husband. Um, and it's a book just encouraging women. Um, and, you know, like, honestly, the age range kind of is anywhere from like teen girls to women in their 30s. But mm-hmm. it's encouraging women who actually believe that God has a good story for them and has good for them um, when it comes to marriage and embracing and looking at that journey of your singlehood. Um not as like some illness or some disease, but looking at it that you can use it intentionally and that all the while you are becoming somebody too. Um, Because as women, I think we often kind of fall into this lie that our only worth is like if we get married, but there's so much more than that. And God has so much for each of us in our own stories. So it's, it's encouraging relationship with him and the becoming of who you were supposed to be. And then also, you know, upholding like intentional prayer and like, intentional inner work for the wife you want to be one day too yeah yeah I definitely got a lot of that out while I was reading your book and we're we'll talk more about it in our next section but yeah there's a lot that I loved about reading it because there's a lot about like preparation and the waiting season and all those things that girls go through while they're waiting on their husband to come into their lives and I really loved how in your book you touched on really surrendering it to God and how in I love the prayers that you had in there, like how you showed your prayerful process. And yeah, all so of that to go was really into the prayerful process. <laughs> yeah. So how can you dive deeper into your prayerful process that, as I was talking about, like break that down to someone who's like, oh, I don't really know how to go about this waiting season. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is just with any prayer, you know, it's a conversation with God. And sometimes, you know, we're coming before him and we're asking for something. And then sometimes we're just coming to just actually sit down um, and have that quiet time with him, have that conversation. And I think about it a lot. Like I kind of have this morning routine where like coffee for me is like a really holy thing. <laughs> and so I, my coffee time is like coffee with Christ is like what I jokingly call it. But it's true. Like I oh, sit okay. down and I just, yeah, I just sometimes I'll just sit and I'm like, Lord, is there a verse you want me to, you know, meditate on? Um, or, you know, what do I want to, before I ask for anything, I want to thank you for things, Lord. And then like, I want to bring this concern of my heart of my day before you and just kind of bring it to the table, bring it to the coffee chat. Um, and I think that's kind of like the start of that practice where you're like, just first all like laying before him, Hey, this is how I actually feel about this. Cause it's not like he doesn't know. Um, but then, you know, willingly listening and, and sitting and, you know, dwelling upon like, you know, if he puts a verse on your heart or if he gives you, you know, a word or a phrase or a mental image, um, and then intentionally taking that forward. And in the book specifically, like I talk about, you know, intentionally praying for a spouse. Um, and that wasn't really something I did until I was like in my mid twenties that I thought about like, actually like thoughtfully daily praying for this person that I hadn't met yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about, Hey, he's alive. He's walking around. Like he might be at Taco Bell right now, you know, like, I don't know yeah. what he's doing, you know? <laughs> and, um, but thinking, there are just as there are things in my life that I'm stressed about, you know, be it work, be it money, be it some friendship, there are probably things in his life that he's stressed about right now. 
or that he, like God was growing in him. And so I just began to pray like, Lord, make me sensitive to like knowing how to pray for him. Um, Cause I think even later when one day when I am married, like I might not always know, it might not be super apparent to me, like just visually like, oh, he needs prayer for this, you know? Cause I might not know what's going on inside his head, but God does. Um, so becoming like tender to the spirit and like, you know, spiritually aware to know how specifically to pray for him, even if he doesn't vocalize it kind of idea. Um, but yeah, just kind of making it a daily practice and knowing that like, that's not something that just ends uh, when I get married, but it's something that I get to continuously practice for, for the rest of my life. So, yeah. And I think it's a great practice now. And then once you do get married, then you of course do it for your husband. But then when kiddos come, you can do it for them too so yeah. really awesome i love that yeah yeah um oh ask her if she could pull her camera down a little bit oh. more centered would you mind pulling your camera down a little bit to make oh, it more sure. centered there we go awesome yes. yeah that's great good, okay. Good. um okay so what do you think brought on the idea of your book um so actually it was kind of a coffee with christ that moment um with how it started. So I was, ever since I was 18, so I'm 30 now, but when I was 18, I started writing these letters and I never really told them about, like I told them to people, like once in a while I would with like students or like my youth kids. And there was a really small section about it in uh, my first book, Hang In There Girl. But I didn't really think about it ever becoming like a larger project or anything, but I was making coffee one day and just listening and the Lord said to me, what would you think of making a book off your letters? And of course, the only answer ever to God is yes, sir. But (laughs) um, I've learned that well, but I kind of bit my lip and I was like, um, we'll see. (laughs) And then then I kept going along with my day. And um, I didn't know that literally 24 hours later, um, I actually received that I was going to receive an email from the publisher, but they had read and noted because we were in the editing process for hang in there girl um, for the entirety of the book, not just a section. It was like the whole gamut. And they were like, Hey, you mentioned this practice that you do. And it kind of sparked our interest a little bit about these letters. Could you tell us more? And would you be willing to write a book off of that? Ooh, um, confirmation. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, God, I see. I see. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, well, it's funny you should ask that. And I actually shared the story with them. I was like, actually, this was literally what God and I were talking about yesterday. So like, can't make that up. Um, and so that kind of sparked the idea. But it was such a, a journey and a process writing them because I really wanted the reader to be um, not reading some autobiography about me because I didn't think that would serve them very well. But I really wanted them to be able to almost feel like it was a diary that they were reading that they could just relate to. Like I, I know not every experience everyone's always going to relate to, but I tried to cover topics that, you know, as women, many of us see, you know, like either breaking generational curses, you know, things that we saw our parents do that we don't want to repeat, um, to like healthy communication and like handling conflict or, um, you know, relationships that, you know, didn't end up panning out to be, you know, for keeps and then game to things like that. So, um, 
it was cool to go through my original letters and kind of see topical what I wanted to cover and then like pour that all into a book. Yeah. Yeah. As a reader, I can say you did a very good job of that because I, <laughs> once again, I absolutely loved your book. Like I loved it. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> that makes me so glad. Uh, okay. I think on that note, we can take a break and uh, get into more detail about some of my favorite parts of your book, which should be interesting. This is kind of how I see the religious today. The religious today are basically, they're just super stiff and they, they claim to know everything about God. And so that kind of gets me into my first point is the religious are machine made and not God made. And so instead of letting the Holy Spirit come into their lives and do a work in them, they're just following you know, a systematic theology in a sense to where everything is laid out for them and they become basically just these machine-made things. So, so like nowadays, there's all, we, we machines make everything, right? It, you, they go through, they line up on a conveyor belt and this piece does this and this piece puts this together. And then at the end, you have all these identical pieces rather than um, in the Bible, it says that God is, you know, the potter and are the clay and he should be molding you and transforming you in that way we shouldn't be machines of man-made ideas but rather we should take what god has blessed us with right the identity that god has given us and maximize it according to his will according to the values that jesus laid before us Make sure you guys in the comments, in the chat, watching the video, like for the algorithm. algorithm. Yeah, let's get into some comments before we get into this next section. What do we have? T-Mac time for another great show. Oh, time for another great show. Yes, it is. (laughs) This is amazing. Why, thank you for being here. Your transparency is enlightening, Callie. That's Miss Sonia to Callie. Nice. (laughs) All right. So, this next section will be fun. We're going to go over my favorite sentences from your book. I'm so excited. So, So basically, I'm going to read it and kind of give my reaction to it. And then I want you to give your reaction to it, too. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's get into the first one. The first one is break us where we ought to be broken and mold us into the people you destined us to be. So that one was in one of the prayers you have in your book. And I underlined it. I love that one because it showed dying to yourself and truly wanting what God has for us. Um. Yeah, I just really love that one. What it, What do you think about it? Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me happy. Well, yeah, because like thinking about like no one knows us better than God, you know, because he, he made us. And so it's like allowing him to, to break a, break off the pieces that he doesn't want, that don't fit, that aren't for us. And, you know, so I'm so glad that that like resonated with you. 
Yeah, and I think also what's great about it is it shows a powerful prayer. You know, sometimes prayer can be, um, sometimes it can be routine and kind of, <laughs> and kind of um, monotonous. <laughs> And I really liked it because you know it's pro- it's powerful. It's it can be considered a scary prayer um, to release yourself to what God has for us. So I love that yeah. one. Um, <laughs> let's go into the second one. I know that many feel more inclined to date around to get to know different types of fish in the dating pool, but that wasn't my heart. I asked God for his best and to make it abundantly clear what his best was. And I love that one because I think it makes me think of modern dating lately, you know. And a lot of people are tired of the dating pool, tired of um, the dating apps and things like that. And here it's saying, like, that's not what you wanted. That's you're, You're tired of that. And you ask God for his best. And... That goes back to dying to yourself and allowing him to move accordingly in your life. So what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think surrendering to, um, you know, being okay that like if his answer is no, um, you know, like as much as like we think we know what's best for us, ultimately he does, you know, more than we do. So it is that dying to yourself, but um, surrendering that and being like, God, I, I trust you. Uh, and I think that's a daily choice. I think, you know, daily we have to, there are things that are so tender to our hearts. They're so sensitive that it's like, Lord, today I am choosing to leave this in your hands. And that's harder on some days than others. But um, knowing that God wants the best for us and he's going to do right by us too. That's good. That's good. Um, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone who is tired of modern dating and tired of the dating scene and dating pool now? You know, I, I love that question, actually, because <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, you know, I think it comes down to, because I have a lot of friends who, like, will do kind of the, the app datings and stuff, and they said that, like, you know, they'll go on there, and it doesn't matter what app they're on. It's pretty much, like, you're basically seeing the same thing in every single app. Um, so it's kind of like saying, you know, like you go into like a Target or a Walmart or whatever, and you're seeing the same product at the same, you know, at a different store. And, um, I think I would say surrendering it over to God because sometimes, sometimes I have a lot of friends who have met on apps and kind of that modern dating scene. And then I have a lot of friends who quit that because they felt convicted by the Lord that that wasn't for them. And they just surrendered it over and they were like, Lord, however you want to write this story, I'm going to let you write it. Um, so please help me be like, like respondent to that and keen to like what you want to write and what you want to do. Um, and it's so neat to see because I've seen friends who will do that where like they never touched a dating app. They felt led to, they meet their person on the dating app or they quit dating apps altogether and like they, you know, meet at a concert or like mutual friends set them up or something like that. And you know, I love that God doesn't write the same love story twice. And that's so unique. So I think it's like looking at it in that way, too, that just because other people have met in a certain way doesn't mean that that's your story. Um, and to be like,
excitedly expectant that he has a good journey and a good story for you. Um, but it really does come down to dying of self, dying to like, well, but I think it needs to look like this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to. It needs to look like your story. And um, the unique testimony that you want to tell one day because you let God write it instead. And he always writes the best stories, so much better than anything we could have come up with. Oh, so. absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. Good advice. Good advice. Let's move to the third one. Okay. I feel more driven to explore the word of God and to richly pray to become a woman of noble character for his kingdom and for you as a wife. It is so much more than just Proverbs 31. It is taking on the posture of women in the Bible who truly were good in honoring daughters of the king. And I loved this one because it shows that preparation that we were talking about earlier, uh, the preparation to become a wife, the preparation to not even just become a wife, but become a mother one day, um, and preparation to be who God destined us to be ultimately. Um, Yeah, I think it's just a great example of becoming who God wants us to be. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, and I think too, like you said, like looking at that as like the season of preparation, you know, like um, I know like in the church, we kind of use Esther a lot for that, but thinking about that, like God had, you know, like God arranged things in which it ended up taking an entire year for her to be prepared before she was even taken before yeah. her husband, you know? Um, and so I think taking that and looking at it, like whatever season God has you in, a lot of times there is that preparation that like in order to be the wife your husband needs and in order to be the person that the kingdom needs you to be for your calling, um, there's going to be that time period of preparing you. I mean, Jesus, you know, he didn't start his ministry till he was 30. Um, just thinking about all that time of preparation, you know, and then his ministry was for three years. And so I think about that a lot. Like, I'm not, you know, even though like there are things where I'm like, oh, I wish things, you know, I was doing this by this age or whatever, like seeing and looking backwards. I'm like, no, he, I had to go through this thing to prepare me for the next. And I know like many people feel that and they're going to continuously see that in their life to play out too. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. And the fourth one. The person, okay, this one, this one's heavy. This one's fire though. The person (laughs) without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So I love this one. This one is heavy, but it makes me think of the sex before marriage conversation because, so say you have, you know, a Christian, they're convicted not to have sex before marriage, and they're talking to someone who might not be a Christian, and they're like, yeah, I don't think we should be a Christian. I mean, well, just kidding. Don't, no, not that, not that. I don't think we should have sex before marriage because A, B, and C. But the person who doesn't have the spirit, who isn't a Christian, might look at it and and say, well, why would you save yourself for marriage? That doesn't make any sense. That's foolish. But in reality, if we're looking at it from a biblical standpoint, trying to follow God's will, it is is a foolish thing to not 
wait until marriage to have sex. So this is kind of what that sentence came to be for me is like, wow, there's so many things like someone who is a Christian, um, who does have the Holy Spirit in them, and they'll say something that's super, that's wise, that's full of wisdom, and then someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit will look at it and come to a completely different conclusion. So thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's amazing how, like, the Holy Spirit can convict you towards something that, like, the rest of the world would be like, why on earth would you do that? Or why on earth would you think that? Um, because it's so countercultural, you know. But looking at it that, like, God has those things in the Word, not because he wants us to, like, to take away joy. He actually wants to give us his best, and he wants the ultimate joy. So it's like, no, like, these are right in those things. So when he does bring conviction in that way, it's not to harm us. It's actually to help us. So I love that you got that from that because that was a lot of what I was hoping would be like brought forward. And it's like, yeah, it's so countercultural these days. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And now let's get into yeah the last one. I am not to take the other person until I have taken them to God first and not every issue needs addressing with the other person. I, once again, I love this one because I think it shows a great example of how to communicate with your partner. And I know this sentence was taken from, you were comparing it to your parents' relationship. Um, so I, yeah, I really liked how this showed how to a good way to communicate with your partner is, okay, if there's a problem, take it to God first, pray over it, and after that, then address it with the other person because I think it helps us become more level-headed and not just go at someone with anger, go at someone with so much emotion about it. Um, yeah, I think it's just more of a it gives you more of a sound mind if you go to God about issues first. Yeah, it was funny how that whole chapter came to be because um, ironically, so I actually, that came to be because I was having kind of a, a little bit of a conflict with a friend and I was really upset about it. And the Lord, like I went, and I took a shower because I was like frustrated and the Lord's like, how you handle this conflict will be how you handle your conflict in marriage. And I'm like, why are we bringing this like marriage into this? <laughs> like I'm mad at this girl, you know, like um, what does my future husband have to do with anything? And then I like cooled off and I sat down with the Lord and what he put on my heart was, you know, there will be times where like before I take every grievance, before I take every like thing that perturbs me um, to not just like my future husband, but anybody you know, I need to take it to God first and I need to work it through with him. And then after I do that, if I feel so led, then taking it, you know, with like proper grounding, like you said, and like a stable mind and a clear mind, then taking it to them so I can properly communicate, not from like a root of anger, but instead like, all right, I've collected myself, I've collected what I want to say and I can bring this forward because I think that's where like true and good, healthy communication can happen. And it's not, like, impulse based on emotion. Yeah. Good stuff. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, Callie, when 
When's the drop date? When can people get your book? Yeah, it comes out June 1st. Um, so we're less than two weeks away, which is oh, wow. bonkers. Yeah, so excited. Oh, so we're having excited. Uh, June 1st. There is also like a virtual launch party. Everyone's invited to. It'll be like on Insta Live, and there's like giveaways going on. I think the giveaway starts today uh, to enter for it, okay. which will be cool. But yeah. Yay, June. You said June 1st? June 1st. June 1st. Awesome. Make sure um, you send us the link so we can put it in the description box. Okay. Oh, okay. It is in the description. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> but okay, let's get, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll get into the producer's corner with Josh. This is the religious bow to their idols propositions. And so this is something that I see a lot um, in our society where people get so obsessed with their favorite Bible teachers. It's like, oh no, like you can't go wrong with this person or I only study this person or I follow this person because of what they can do in my life. And that's sometimes dangerous because then you get into a habit of just accepting what that person is giving you, or what that Bible teacher is giving you, rather than actually going through the process of critically thinking about texts for yourselves and analyzing what exactly it means and how it can apply best in your life. Because we we are all, you know, walking um, a different journey in a sense because we're all different people. That doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want right? We still live according to the values that were set before us, but that does mean that we, we do strive for God in everything that we do. And yeah, we just, we just look to God. We are in the producer's corner with Joshua Prophet. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. Go for it, Josh. All right, everybody, make Life sure to... Because algorithm. remember, we're here to spread some practical religion, Cali. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate that you are here. We're going to go into the producer's corner, so we're going to pop up some comments, some more comments, and get your thoughts on them so this is the first one so that was in regards to dating so this is for me um i said keep fishing on tinder you'll keep getting catfished um and that's actually so so i so i make music and that's actually a bar that i came up with that's in one of my lyrics and so it reminded me one of the the excerpts from your book reminded me of that lyric and so i would like your take on it if you will <laughs> i love that so much and that that just yeah like the amount of people that i know like girls and guys that have like gotten catfish too like it's it's so um, bad but no i think that's like really true They've, there's like been a lot of i think that's like a very common problem sadly and that's right. a great lyric oh my that's fantastic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. So we have a comment from my mom, Mama Prof. Uh, she says, asking God to mold us demonstrates total trust in our Savior. So I guess we'll go around and get everybody's thoughts on that, starting with Callie. 
Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think it's the more we surrender to him too, and the more we trust him, the more we're going to see him mold us and shape us into his design. And it was like you were saying uh, in the break segment about like, he's the potter. So I love that. Yeah. So yeah, also like um, one thing that, because that was obviously filmed live. So sometimes you don't express your thought to the fullest extent or with the clarity of what you have in mind. And so I was talking about people being machine made and essentially just, you know, these identical pieces of, you know, whoever theology that you follow. But when God shapes you and molds you as clay, it's like when you think of things that are handmade, it's like, yeah, you might be making three different pots, but they're all going to be different because you were making them handmade as opposed to machine makes everything, you know, identical. And so you want God to leave his mark on you to where you are uniquely and wonderfully made um, rather than, you know, just being a spitting representation of like if I was just a spitting representation of Kenya's ideas, essentially, because I'm not Kenya. So there's there's a lot more in me or a different side of me that can be expressed for God's glory um, that otherwise wouldn't be if I was only just trying to follow what Kenya was giving me. So that was the idea. So Kenya, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I just think the more that we give up the things of our flesh, the more that we chip away our own desires and seek God's desires, it just, it's like it takes a cap off of our lives and I don't know it's just like the world is limitless in a sense because it's like God could take us anywhere we're able to move in any direction that is that is possible so yeah Amen. I definitely agree with that comment I like that I like that all right so um next one we actually have a question from our prof to Callie, she says, how do you remain strong and faithful to your godly appearance in the face of modern women that tend to dress like Jezebel? That's hilarious. Ooh, I like Mama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll let Callie I like Mama go Prophet. First. She's cool. Oh, yeah, she's, no, she's crazy. <laughs> in no, a good way. That, she's crazy though. in a good I way, yeah. That. No, yeah. I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's like, it's kind of like twofold, right? Because there's like that you know, what is within is going to like come without. So like where our heart is, you know, like that's going to be reflected outwardly, you know, just in how we're speaking and our demeanor and like the words we're saying and how we're conveying things. But I think too, like, and the way we are choosing to like adorn our bodies, you know, like our bodies are temples of the Lord. So it's like, are you going to, how are you going to adorn that temple? Are you going to do it in a way that is honoring to God? Or are you going to do it in a way that's honoring to man? You know, um, or is trying to like showcase something to like grab attention to like a specific spot of the body that like is not for like the glory of God kind of thing, you know? Um, so I think it's looking at that in like, okay, well like God made me this really unique person. And I actually like in that idea of surrender, like I've kind of taken this practice over the past year, just like I surrendered my closet to God, which was a really weird thing thing at first for me to do but I just was like okay god how do you actually want me to dress like I'm tired of trying to dress to like meet every like social trend and I'm trying tired of trying to dress to like you know 
look the look for like a teacher or look the look for this that or the other i was like what do you actually have for me and what i loved and i was so delighted with is the things that he kind of like had my eye grab towards were like floral things so like embroidered floral jeans are like my thing now and like um like soft pretty like pastels and stuff that like i normally didn't love but now i do and i'm like i actually feel really myself in them yeah, but that's really cool because it's like those are things that are uniquely you. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be, like you said, the trend that everybody is following so that you can try to fit in culturally. You're actually taking, you know, what interests you and like the desires that God is giving you and using them for a, you know, a good purpose. And if it if it makes you stand out, then so be it. So we actually kind of had that conversation a little bit yesterday. Yeah, I was just thinking We were talking about, about insecurities. Yes, so I do have a follow-up question uh, for that. Uh, so, and this is kind of for both you and Kenya. Like, how do, how would you advise, a, let's say a high school girl, middle school girl, who's, you know, because that's now the age where they go to school, peer pressure's at an all-time high, and now their friends are starting to, you know, show a little more flesh because they're, you know, living in their flesh. How would you advise her to be more Holy Spirit led in the decisions that she makes, um, whether it's how she dresses, how she presents herself and who she chooses to, chooses to hang out with? Kenya, you start. <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK, OK. Um, I would. I would probably, I'd be honest with her and be like, hey, you dress this way, this is how you might be perceived. And if you want to be perceived in a respectful way, in a respectful manner, you probably shouldn't dress in a certain way either. Um, yeah, in a... Yeah, I think I would, I would, I would say that. Like, I just be, I'd be honest with her and be like, "Hey, don't dress this way if you don't want to receive that same energy back to you." Because I mean, it's not fruitful. And um, yeah, I think I would, I would start there. All right, All right Callie, that. take yeah. a swing at it. Yeah, I mean, I think I would say, like, look, I think about my, my students, right? Like, they're all about age and stuff. And I think I would say, you know, like, it's okay to stand out in good ways um, for, like, your uniqueness. Um, but, like, you don't have to, like, try to make people like you by, like, emphasizing things that, like, have nothing to do with your character, you know? Mm, um, that's good. Yeah, and, like you know, show who you are on the inside outwardly. So like, what can you wear? How should you dress so that when people see you walking up, they're like, you know what, that person seems like they're really vivacious, you know, mm -hmm. or, or whatever, like what character qualities do you want emphasized? Because more than likely, it's not stuff that's like showing off their flesh that they want people to notice about them or appreciate about them, um, like at first glance. And if they think that that's what they want, they're probably like just deceived you know like they're probably just kind of buying into that lie um so i think it's like really like encouraging them to dig deep like what if there were like three words i want someone to describe me as what would those things be and how can i dress so that that would be representative 
No, I like that. Uh, it reminds me of the verse, like, they will know you by your fruits. And so yeah. it's like the the fruit is actually a representation of how healthy the tree is on the inside. And so mm-hmm. your outward appearance in a lot of different ways is a reflection of where your heart is. So, yeah, that's very good. Very good. Yeah. So we got a few more comments and then one last question that we'll get to. So here's the first comment. It says reliance on your word in or reliance on the word in your life is such a great example. Remain faithful. Others need to see more young women living for Jesus. Amen. 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 Um, and then let's see. Oh, Mama Prophet's on fire today. Yeah. She says the gifts of this world are so temporary. New clothes wear out. New cars lose value. None of it lasts. Let it go and grow in the everlasting God that yes. promises eternity as our great reward. So let's let's get our reactions to that. So well, I, I can start first because um, when do you, when you talk about like losing value here, um, such as our prophet just touched on, it's things that depreciate over time. And so even when you're trying to build wealth, so we can break it down. We, we believe in practical religion here. So we try to break everything down in a practical sense. So when when you're trying to build wealth or, um, well, yeah, build wealth over time, you want things that appreciate in their value. And so it's the same thing in, in a spiritual sense, right? It's like you don't want to be feeding your soul things that will depreciate you, things that lead to death. So like the wages of sin is death. And so if you are consuming stuff that is leading it to a sinful, in a sinful way, then you are, you know, imparting death upon yourself. And so that's why you should always turn to God. And um, like she says, what she say? Um, the gifts of this world are so temporary um, let it grow. So you want to grow in the everlasting God because that's that's what appreciates in your life. He's like he can ever expand you. He can enlarge your territory. And so to build, I guess, spiritual wealth, to add on to the metaphor, you want to chase and grow in God rather than, you know, turn away from him. So. Oh my gosh, 100%. I love that. Well, it makes me think about Matthew 6:19, right? Where it's like building up your treasures in heaven because you know, like moth and rust come and they steal. And my brother and I actually have this joke cuz he um he flips cars a lot. And so oh, okay. at one point he had like um he had this really nice 2004 Jeep and then he had something else. And so we had this joke that he was 2004 rich. And like everything that he had, I mean, this is in 2023, but everything he had in that moment, if we were in 2004, he would be like considered like, you know, like top dog kind of thing. And, um, and I was like, but you know, what's funny is like looking how like not that much time has passed, but look how much this has depreciated, you know, like this car new was worth $50,000 and now it's worth like three, you know, um, and thinking at, you know, like even like, you know, like the tires had to be replaced and there was like rust and all these different things and how like in such a short amount of time, like everything evolves, even to the point where like the things in the car, like it doesn't have touch screen. It's got like a CD player and it still had the cassette thing and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like all of that. And so just thinking about how like, like quickly changing our life is like here on earth. But so like if you're putting like I was imagining somebody who put all of their bases, like if they had that car and like all of their worth and all of their value that they had that like $50,000 car in 2004, um, like how would they feel now? 
you know and yeah like I love I love what your mom said with that where it's like no I want to build up things in heaven because those are eternal and they they last longer and they matter so much more and there's so much more depth than just the like very fleeting things here on earth Amen. Amen to that. So here's my last thing to wrap up the producer's corner. And so we, we went through your book that's coming out on June 1st, which is called Dear Future Husband, correct? And then, mm-hmm. so tell us about your book that you have out now. So if somebody was like, oh, I love this girl. Um, I don't really want to wait till June 1st because even though it's in a couple of weeks, I want to dive into her right now. Tell her about the book that you have out currently and what it's about, the inspiration, and yes. Yeah, it's called Hang In There, Girl. Um, so as like a teacher and I work with youth a lot, like I noticed a lot of the same things that girls were going through. Um, they all had... they weren't all the same problems, but they had many shared things that they were going through. And at the end of the day, they just needed like a big sister to chat with. And growing up, um, I'm the oldest in my family and I never had a big sister and I didn't really have like a mentor or like a kind of sister figure that I could go to. And that, that made the navigation really hard because I didn't really feel like I, I had anything like that. So I wanted to be that, um, for young women and any, facet that I could because I think like if a young woman is in your life and they they trust you with vulnerable things you know um you should take that as like a really high honor and calling from God so I started writing a blog and that blog eventually expanded and turned into a book and it's um so it's called hang in there girl it's for girls who are just kind of um navigating and kind of figuring out life in their teen years and into their 20s and it's really meant to just be a safe place for them like it feels like a safe coffee date with a big sister who genuinely cares about them, genuinely cares about their spiritual well-being, and, like, genuinely just wants to see the best happen for them. Um, so it's just kind of meant to be, like, a friend that it's safe in the covers of a book, and it covers a lot of questions that they might be a little nervous to talk about with anyone, and you can't necessarily find the answers on Google, so, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, we did have a question just pop up from Mama Prophets. Says Callie, what is the goal of your book? So, um, honestly, with both of them, it's just to encourage women in like being intentional in all of their relationships, um, most especially their relationship with God. Like, I want to encourage them that like your relationship with God is the most important one you will ever have, and He should always be your first and greatest love. Um, and after that relationship, all other relationships fall, and so just being intentional about, you know your relationship with friends, relationship with yourself even, and relationship with, you know, a future spouse and who you're becoming and um, being intentional. Like, even before you meet that person, you're still, you know, you're still becoming the person that you're going to be in that relationship. So how can you honor that person even now? Because the things you do now will have consequence later. I like it. I like it. Yep. And uh, T-Mac, she's, she's, I guess she stopped from driving. She said she was driving. Now she's, I guess, back to her phone and in the chat. She says, I also have to say the environment a person grows up in also affects how they dress. I see this a lot. Yes. Um, That is true. Because, I mean, clothes are a cultural symbol in a lot of different senses. But also when you start to adapt and become the principles that God has for you, then you'll start to see a shift and 
probably a change from what the culture is um, presenting. Because in a lot of sense, in a lot of different cases, the culture doesn't necessarily represent um, biblical you know, worldviews. So, yes, that is the producer's corner. Kenya, we'll. I'll take it over. Ball's yeah. back in your court. All right. Um, let's take a break and we'll head to the to the last or second to last section. It's it's in the book. Yep. But uh, the fruits of the spirits like love, gentleness, kindness, self control, um, just those different things, uh, peace. And so when you see those things out in the world then you can you see god materialized in the world yes and so when you stop looking for him say like in a crystal it's like yeah. oh you think god is confined to like this yeah rock or that's something. exactly it's what like it you're, was. you're putting a boundary on something exactly. that should be you know seen in the world that's always ever expansive yeah. and so and and you, you can't grow if you're constantly trying to find him here here and here oh my god rather than yes. finding him through the world with the new things that get discovered, yep. but also measuring against the old truths that are foundational to the new things that have been discovered. Yes. And so finding the thread in that, that's where that's where you see God. back make sure you like for the algorithm if you haven't already like for the algorithm Callie yes you have a new book coming out June 1st but you also have something new coming out too that I think is a podcast it is yep <laughs> um I'm I'm so excited about this actually and I'm like dude y'all have it down like I'm like I love y'all's podcast like I'm in awe because I'm oh, nowhere near <laughs> um but uh yeah my really good friend Melissa and I we've known each other since we were like I don't know college age like it's been a very long time um we're starting a podcast called 30 something um so it's gonna debut on June 5th and it's kind of just talking about like life in your 30s and kind of navigating um because we kind of say that like your 30s are kind of like a second run of your teenage years because you're not in your 20s, but you're not in your 40s. And so you're just kind of like navigating like this whole new thing where like half your friends are married and the other half aren't. And, um, you know, everything's kind of changing. And when you wake up in the morning, your body sounds like a glue stick when you stretch. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like all these all these funny little isms. And we also do like a ton about nostalgia and stuff like that. So it's called 30 something. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, it's just it's kind of like hanging out with friends um, and just talking about new normals and thriving and kind of surviving. So hey, um, when does that one come out? June 5th. June 5th. Okay, you got a lot going on in June. Yes. <laughs> it's a busy month. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to 20-somethings out there? To uh, love where you are. Um, I think, you know, the cool thing is, like, I love so much what Joshua was saying about how, like, we're not, you know, robots. We're not, like, these, like cookie cutter pieces that have been made. Um, and I think that's true for every facet of life, you know, like one pot 
might look one way and the other uh, totally different, you know, and I think the same is for our lives. So I think enjoy the season you're in because it has a purpose in your story. And if you go through that whole season just in a like kind of just bitter place, uh, you're going to actually miss a lot of the beauty around you because one day the things that are around you, you will miss even if you're like, oh my gosh, I could never miss this job. I'm so done with this job. I'm so ready to be out of this job. Like you're going to look back and be like, I really miss that coworker or like, I really miss that schedule I had, or, you know, I really miss my commute because my commute was just like so peaceful, you know, things like that. So I think it's like looking for like the little things and just appreciating the ride. Um, and knowing that you're like, if you are following the will of God with your whole heart and you're running after him, you're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss what God has for you because your eyes are on him and that path is straight. That's good. That's good advice. I love that. Okay, so before we get into the fun stuff, before we get into reacting to some videos, what, you have two minutes, you have two minutes, what is one miss, one message you would like to leave the world? Oh, I love that. Um, I think that it's that God intends the best for you, um, you know, I think one of the biggest lies that the enemy tries to tell us and one of the biggest lies the enemy's tried to tell me is that, like, um, you know, it's all for naught or it's all in vain. But I think at the end of the day, like, if we look back at the faithfulness of God, we're actually going to see that, like, if we were, if we knew the whole story, we would actually agree with him even in the hard knocks of life, you know. Um, and we would agree with him that, like, the story needed to be written in that way. Um, so I think just trusting that God is good. And I think if we hold firmly and believe that God is good and that he intends the best for us, um, that helps us when we're in those storms. But then when we're on those mountaintops too, we're like, man, like this was so worth it. And I'm so grateful. And it makes our worship and praise just even more sincere. Good. I like that. Yes. Okay. I guess. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into some reaction videos. <laughs> this is Armstrong Williams, and welcome back to Did You Know, where I tell you about the most underreported stories from around the world. Mm -mm. Have you ever heard of chakra stones or sage? Yeah, some people that tell you they're for energy and they're for healing. History is telling us that Wicon tradition is coming back with a vengeance in the United States. Some people call it witchcraft. According to the American Religious Identification Survey, between 2001 and 2008, the number of Wiccans increased from 134,000 to 340,000. That's right, from 134 to 340,000. More and more people are relying on crystals for various reasons, and stores all across America are supplying their needs. Are you one of those people? who are relying on crystals. One thing is clear, and that is that more and more Americans are leaving Christianity for alternative means, and some may not even know it, but they're engaging with witchcraft in their everyday lives. That's right. Witchcraft is coming back with a vengeance. I'm Armstrong Williams. Well, I got some thoughts on this one. Oh, go for it. Go for <laughs> I'm it. like, oh. Y'all, y'all found one of my, uh, one of my passionate things. Um, so 100%. And I think it's like, 
oh my gosh, I could talk on this for like an hour. Um, so I noticed it kind of, I don't know, starting like around the pandemic time because, you know, like TikTok really started to take off then. Um, and like, I jo- so I joined TikTok just for funsies. I don't know. I think like everyone did. Um, but I kept seeing all this stuff about like manifesting and I was like, that sounds kind of sus to me. Like something felt wrong in my spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of did some like research on it and I'm realizing like how there's so much witchcraft under the guise that it's like somehow like, I don't know, like, like it's like safe. It's like not dangerous. Like it's kind of like playful and it's like, y'all don't realize what you're doing here. Like y'all are out here making deals with literal demons to do favors for you. And then you don't think they're just going to make, make you their puppet, you know? Um, and yeah. And I think a lot of it, you know, like I'm so concerned about the youth because I think they're so, they are so spiritually thirsty. Like they so badly, like I think out of all of the generations over the past generations, like this generation coming up, they're so thirsty for something spiritual. They don't want just, like, a religion to follow. They want to, like, drink, but they're drinking from a toxic pool when they're, like, participating in, like, you know, like, these witchcraft things. And it's all under the guise that it's somehow, like, just spooky or, like, that it's, like, safe somehow. And I I think they're not realizing, like, how actually, like, dangerous it is and how vicious it is and how it can really bring their life to ruin and I love um I read this quote from Charles Stanley and it stuck with me like it just stuck with me but he said anything acquired outside God's will will become ash and so I'm thinking about I even saw these testimonies of these girls and they didn't even realize what was going on but they were like yeah like I manifested dating this guy but every single one of them the relationship either ended like they were broken up or divorced Yeah. And I don't think they realized that, like, yeah, you put a spell over this person and then the spell wore out, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like it didn't it didn't keep because it was outside of the will of the Lord. And so it did turn to ash because it wasn't eternal, because when the fires came at it, it couldn't withstand the fire. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I appreciate that you had that video. So, yeah, Yeah, that's good. (laughs) It's one of my it's one of my passions, too. Just because yeah. I was actually doing that stuff at one point before I rededicated my life to Christ. So when I see it and I see people that were my age getting into it, it's like, no, don't do it. Like, like there's just so much behind the scenes that they don't realize, um, you know, because everything, like that one verse, the principalities, things aren't, what is it? <laughs> Yes, you don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Um, yeah, that verse, just like, yeah, whenever I see it, it just grieves me. It grieves me so much because there was one, I was looking for a house at one point, and um, while I was touring the house, there was a room in the house that had like all the chakras, all the crystals, all that kind of stuff in there. And I just felt like the the heaviness. I felt, I felt everything while I was in there. And I was like, oh. God. And then like after we left, my mom was with me. I just I just bawled my eyes out and I was like, Lord, like help her see that this is not of you. Help her see that she can get her peace from you. Help her see that she can get her happiness and joy from you and direction from you. So 
Yeah, it's really it's really heartbreaking to see it. Um, but I really do. I really do pray like people, you know, open their eyes and see that there's darkness behind it. And like you start at one point, you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, like you can start that at crystals, and then next thing you know, you're like what he said, you're a Wiccan or you're you're a full blown witch yeah. at that point. So it's like. It's not, it's not, it's not as innocent as it seems. So yeah. Yeah. That was a good video. I love your prayer though for like that person. Like, you know, like I, I'm sorry you had to like go through that house, but I'm also like, maybe God had you go through that house to like invite some Holy Spirit and truth in, you know, cause yeah. we do like hope that like the person who owned it, like can come under like actually seeing truth and not continue to be fooled. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's get into the next video. You know, I've got the strangest feeling I've seen this place before. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know what you mean. But I'm sure there's never been any dinosaurs here before. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the crossover we all actually need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the movie to drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in and that it, it would be a, such a success I'm telling you <laughs> that'd be wild <laughs> that, that made me laugh a millennial really hard so. <laughs> laughing millennial <laughs> I'm like I'm like right there on the edge so whenever I see millennial versus gen z tiktoks or reels I'm like I feel like I'm more of a millennial than a gen z but I fall in the gen z category <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have a foot on both i think my yeah. brother does and like, yeah yeah he it depends on the, like it t depends on the trend or the day but he'll like claim both sides oh, okay. so okay i'll claim both then. yeah it's like yeah dual citizenship so yeah yeah <laughs> all right let's get into the next one now we are 30 not by a milne now that i am 30 I am always tired, said Christopher Robin. I think the only reason you are still alive, said Winnie the Pooh, is modern medicine. Thanks, Pooh. I bet you could use a 15th cup of coffee. Wow. <laughs> this one came for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Could you and my relate coffee to addiction it? is pretty severe. Oh my gosh. Like, not the modern medicine part. The, the coffee, though. Like, I... it It's kind of bad how much coffee I drink. Like, like in a day? If, if Yeah. And, like, I'll drink it at, like, various times. Like, coffee sounds great at, like, 9 p.m. even. And I'm like, oh. that's probably not... That's probably a bad habit. <laughs> but then yeah. I can go to sleep right after. I don't know. The caffeine no longer... Like, my I can do that, too. Like... Like, I can drink coffee. Like, the other day, we had a show at 9, 9.30. I was drinking coffee, and I went to sleep perfectly fine after that. So, right. yeah. What's your favorite I blame your favorite being a coffee? teacher. Oh, uh, caribou. Okay. 100% caribou. Yeah. I lived in Minnesota for a while, and it was kind of like, all right, like, what's this, like, caribou coffee? And I am so addicted. I get the K-Cups, like... 
I go through three K cups a day at least. Or like like I don't know. Like at my worst I was drinking like an entire pot of coffee a day. And then wow. I was like, that might not be healthy. That's like nine cups. And I was yeah. like, Callie, you need to like tone it back a little bit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I really like I'll have to try caribou. I have to add it to my grocery list. But I really love Duncan. I don't know I know Duncan's most good. Yeah, I know most people are like, no, Starbucks, but I don't know. Duncan is better to me personally. I feel like Duncan's smoother. Starbucks kind of has this like burnt taste. Yeah, and I just I don't want burnt coffee. So. Exactly. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's pull up the next one. Was that like Mario? The songs from Mario, right? Yeah, they're just precious. Just yeah, they're precious. So <laughs> it's precious. Okay, so before we get out of here, let's pull up the schedule and talk about what shows we have going on. So today, obviously, we are on with Callie right now, two o'clock. Next, right after the show, we have Josh. We have Profitable Conversations going on at 4. Then on Monday, Profitable Conversations at 7 with Finley Woods. And Tuesday, there's going to be no show because Josh has his championship softball game, men's softball game, and he's going to get the dub and then Wednesday, we are on again at 9.30 for quality. So stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you like for the algorithm. It really helps us out. Callie, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate the conversation that we had. Um, do you have any last words? Just thank you so much for having me on. It's been so much fun. And y'all inspire me so much like you guys just are so cool and you're walking the walk and talking the talk and uh, you're just like you're really living out what it means to be followers of christ and it's so refreshing and so inspiring so thank you oh thank you (laughs) thank you Um, (laughs) i really mean that no i was like thinking that this whole time i'm like man yes power team i love it so thank you um do you can you let us know where the people can follow you okay yeah um instagram's kind of my number one um so at callie logan uh so it's callie with a c and a y um and then i've got my website i do um blogs every month they're not super long but they're just kind of like little encouragements and things to just kind of brighten your day you can sign up for the newsletter um i also have some like really fun quirky merch on there too um that i like i have this one hoodie that people just like absolutely love so you guys can check it out there um yeah and then the 30 something podcast which will be debuting june 5th um on all streaming platforms so we're really excited about that i think we're gonna have a youtube channel as well yes come to youtube (laughs) (laughs) and uh, looks like we have some more comments so we'll go over those and then we have two comments All right, T-Max says, so excited for you, Callie. God is good. Thank you. 
And then Mama Prof says, I'd love to log on for their premiere, Callie. Let us know where we can find you. Yep, everything will be on Insta and Facebook. So, yeah, please be sure to follow. I'm so excited to, like, share with everybody. Okay. And we will try to put an announcement out, too, so that the quality people can also have it over here, too. So, thank you again, Callie. Love talking to you. Um, We'll be in touch. (laughs) And, yeah, so... We'll see you quality people later. Definitely check us out. Stay tuned at 4 o'clock for Josh. And until next time, don't be beta, but serve the alpha and the omega.